The Mayans were right, ladies and gents. It's 2012 and it is the end of days. Welcome to Hand of Pod. said that this couldn't be done and that we were crazy even to try it but we're persistent people and at about the 15th or 20th attempt or something or, or possibly just the fourth or fifth ladies and gents it's my pleasure to introduce to you joel richards Hola, ¿cómo están? and seva garcia Hola, ¿cómo están? <laughs> in the same room at the same time regular listeners may have picked up on the fact that that was seva talking when i introduced joel and vice versa that's that's a joke um where also no, he's, uh, he, he's the other, the silent guest on this week's <laughs> um, We're also here with English Dan. Hello. And with Australian Dan. Hi. As ever, and I'm your host for the evening, Sam Kelly. Uh, more accurately, actually, Australian Dan is the host, because we're at his house, but, you know, you know what I mean. Um, there's really nothing much to talk about this afternoon. Uh, no, there's quite a bit. In, in anticipation of this, this evening, which is changing literally the entire course of English language Argentine football podcasts forever, um, the, the Argentine League went appropriately mental in the build-up to this, as if we needed any more proof that this was going to be the rapture. Um, Saturday saw one match called off five minutes from the beginning due to crowd trouble and that wasn't even by any means the biggest headline on the day we've had Independiente thumping Racing 4-1 with two goals in stoppage time subsequently we've had a Racing striker waving an air rifle in people's faces his own teammates' faces, more mm. accurately. And then a couple of days later, his dad telling uh, the press that, that uh, the teammates in question were cowards for all running away. Of course, we had a Racing player who's now been barred from the squad for wearing Independiente shorts. Oh, that's why it yeah. was, was it? I, didn't, I did not know <laughs> why that was. Yeah. Um, and we, we've also had uh, Santiago Silva, the Boca Juniors striker, <laughs> fracturing two fingers <laughs> to punch a Tigre fan. And just, just to top it off, because... River Plate couldn't possibly be left out of it. Their fans decided to print off some incredibly racist T-shirts about Boca Juniors uh, fans. All of this and more on this week's Hand of Pod. So, guys, we can only start with the Emotionator Classic, all right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose. Take us through it, Dan. You, you were there. So, uh, what did you see from the away end of the Estadio Libertadores de América? Not a great deal because, as we've mentioned many times before, the away end in the Estadio Libertadores de América is probably the worst place to watch football in the world. But I thought that was the away end at all, boys. That's not great either. But I think the Independiente Stadium's just about got a beat because they at least boast that it's meant to be, you know, a European modern stadium and all boys have no such pretensions whatsoever. <laughs> That's true. So anyway, back to the game. What I saw is that it was quite an interesting even start. We all got very excited when, when Teo got... Um, Gave Racing the lead pretty early on, thanks to a howler from Milito, which meant we just heckled him for the rest of the game. And that was about as fun, that was about as entertaining as um, as the afternoon got. 
Because after that, for a wrestling fan, neutrality <laughs> <laughs> forces me to to interject. Yes, exactly. Well, as you know, I was watching QPR at the same yes, time. Yes, we so all know that. I, I, I was watching QPR. I was only half watching Racing on TV the first half, yeah. and and so I got to see the the worst from ah, okay. from the Racing supporter point of view, <laughs> and it was the second half. But even well, just to. Put a chronological order. Yeah. Uh, first half in, in the, yeah, the just before halftime. Exactly. It, went to share. it was a great, great uh, move by Julian Velasquez in the in the area, and he's a defender. And he played he, very well. Actually. Yeah, he I'll, I'll Mr. He played very well. Yeah, he gave him a perfect assist, and, and that was <coughs> one all. That was the end of the first half, and then in the second half. Uh, there was a penalty, controversial penalty, and a red card in the same action. Independiente went 2-1 up, and the worst came for Racing a few minutes later. Well, Zuccolini was sent off. Yeah, Zuccolini right, yeah. was sent off for that a foul on Patricio. Really. Since then, they were never coming back into it. Yeah, but even even then, even after that, and, and after this, the, the other episode and the other... Uh, Situation that, yeah. that, that that happened with Teo Gutierrez getting another red card, his fourth. For Would the you like to explain 14. why? Because there's been quite a lot of controversy, and we might need some linguistic experts to to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, apparently he's well. What he says is that is that he told the referee he was a caron. It's C A R yeah, exactly, yeah. or cheeky. Like Brian, yeah. yeah, it's C A R O N. Yeah. And the referee might have may have uh, understood that he said cagón, which yeah. is C A G O N. It's just one letter, but I think the only explanation possible with that we have is that Teo Gutierrez is a termo. Yeah, we, we <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, 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 no, because just on this point, uh, firstly, obviously, the atmosphere makes it difficult to hear. Clearly, so yeah. the difference between Caron and Caron is, is, is minimal. But should the referee be fluent in Barranquilla? Um, he shouldn't. Uh, he probably shouldn't. Uh, you know, the the, uh, the local dialect. I mean, point is, yeah, as you said, he's. Uh, Teo is. Uh, it's, it's, it's not the first time he's been sent off for, for speaking to a referee or even pushing a referee. Exactly. So uh, you know he. Uh, yeah, and Cagón will be like coward, but in the worst possible uh, way of saying it. It's, uh, it's offensive. Yeah. yeah, it is offensive. It's, well, Cagón means uh, like someone who shits on his, <laughs> shits shits on, yeah. on his pants. I wonder if we could do some sort of experiment. <laughs> I don't know, Seba, how good your kind of Barranquilla Colombian accent is, like. If we can all make some noise and you say the two <laughs> words, maybe if we can see if there's any difference. Why? <laughs> this is a scientific podcast. On, on, on the count of three, everybody. Yeah. One, two, three. Tú eres un carón. Tú eres un carón. Tú eres un carón. So there you have it. It sounded very similar. So yeah, innocent. That was more or less the the volume of the independent. We have said this before, and we'll probably say it again. But you, you don't get analysis like this on the podcast. <laughs> and that wasn't the the the, the, the more lame, uh, well, the lamest excuse for Theo during the weekend. Because what happened afterwards, and we will talk about it in a, in a short while. But after that, Racing went down to nine men and still had two great opportunities to to yeah. get the score back to level terms on, on well, two all, including one. Um, Pelletieri missed from two yards out. He hit the ball with the knee, and the ball went uh, over the bar. It was incredible. It could have been heroic, and it came to nothing. And then Independiente scored, as you said earlier, uh, two stoppage time goals. And it made it worse uh, to look at 
uh, as a score sheet and that wasn't the real difference during the game I think in the beginning they were uh, fair uh, or deserved winners if only for keeping their calm and, and there was another incident that I forgot uh, Julian Velasquez, independent player uh, he got injured while he fouled uh, one of our uh, Racing players and he was lying on, us on, the, on this trolley and this car that takes injured players out mm. for treatment so Pesota, Sergio Pesota, the referee showed him a red card while he was on this car and then somebody told him <laughs> told the referee hey listen he wasn't booked so yeah. do you mean to get to, mm. to show him a straight red for that tackle because frankly it wasn't for a, red, for a straight red and so he reverted that <laughs> decision and uh, a substitution could, could, have, could be made because he only showed him a yellow but that was another incident it that was all out of control exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so then I think the biggest headlines that came from the game uh, happened afterwards obviously we can say that Alfio Basile's fifth spell at Racing came to an end after ten games because he resigned I don't think he ever actually said that he resigned he just kind of faded into the background kind of well that's another linguistic yeah. thing to, to discuss because when, when they ask him are you going to continue as, la a racing fan, as a racing manager he said las pelotas sigo which means <laughs> well I bollocks I'll follow yeah. my words or yeah my ass yeah. I will continue <laughs> like, it's not ass but the literal, yeah. literal translation is not applicable here it's yeah. like mm. my ass would be the best mm. way of inter- interpreting that so yeah he, he was gone and then later on, it was uh, known that he was actually he actually told the board of Racing that before the San Lorenzo game, mm. they told him just he told them just look for uh, for a plan B because if I don't win these two matches, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm not going to to stay here. So uh, some people are criticizing criticizing the Racing club board because they had a. They had everything arranged with uh, Luis Ubeldia, and Dan Osidan can tell us a bit. Right, the reason for my trip to, to Ecuador yeah. was to, to track the situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, and then they were even they were speaking about it before uh, before Zubeldia even quit uh, Barcelona there, uh, and and the, the Barcelona fans were, were very sad about it because he he was yeah. doing quite well with the club. But I remember mentioning this on last week's. Yeah. Podcast seven. You weren't particularly impressed with the idea. Yeah, no, because I had other other uh, preferences, and mm. I thought such as yeah, I wanted I wanted them to at least try and tempt uh, Jorge Sampaoli from mm. La U, Chile. Difficult. He's got yeah. a very good contract. He's just yeah. he's just re- he's four months ago he, uh, he extended his contract. He got mm. a lot of money there mm. with a team that's just qualified for the Libertadores. I know, but uh, been I was speculating yeah, 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 with yeah. I was speculating with the fact that he's from Argentina and he said many times that he will he would uh, he would love to work in Argentina and maybe. I don't know the, the exposure he would get by coaching in Argentina um, for a big club w- w- could have been enough to yeah. tempt him. I, I'm not saying Racing should have or, or could have landed San Paoli, but at least show some intent and try and get him. Well, I heard your comments last week though about Zubaldi, and I can't say that I agree. I think it's like we've talked about 
Zawili yeah. before, or the, this fact of always getting in the same kind of coaches and stuff. And I think it's, I mean, this is the situation where you do need to try. Yeah. It's definitely a clean break from yeah. I mean, kind of the cycle of failures that keep going through the clubs. You know, he's and uh, his age, the, the age difference. English Dan, you said something. Yeah, you know, um, thirty-seven years between Basilia and Zawili. Zawili is thirty-one. He's retired as a player. Yeah, when Zawili was born. And funny enough, I think Zawili is only. Like on the other hand, Zouedi is only two years younger than Basile when he first took over Racing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how many Racing players are older than than Zouedi? Because they have to be too many. It's a pretty young squad. Saka, I think, would yeah. be yeah, about the same age. And apart from that, I don't think any. But uh, yeah, is about thirty. Pelletieri's about thirty. But yeah. And he's already had a good. I mean, he had that three-year spell at Lanús, and he he knows the the games that all the other managers play, and the the way to. I mean, he's always stayed out of that to some extent. He doesn't get into all this kind of mind game sort of stuff. But I think obviously it's a bigger step taking on one of the grandes. But I I I think he's ready for it. I think it's a very interesting experiment. His first decision was spot on, and that was to change the plans. Because Racing will play, probably some of the listeners will know the result already, but um, we are recording on a Tuesday and, and on Wednesday Racing oh, so will play. I'm, I'm hoping to get this online in a prompt fashion this week, so I'm hoping okay. that we'll get it Good. online before Good. the game. <laughs> but even if they listen to after the game, mm. Racing will play on Wednesday night, or had play on Wednesday night, <laughs> and uh, before Suvelia took over, uh, Racing will, will, uh, was going to send just reserves or... Substitutes. They wanted to send their manager, were they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the this was manager. Was, this was ever was the breaking point for Basile. Like, when was. he sent, when he didn't go to the Copa Argentina, it was now you were coming back. Yeah, you expect your manager to at least be seated at, at the bench, uh, so. on the bench for official, official <laughs> matches. <laughs> <laughs> he can miss a couple of training sessions, <laughs> and he did. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, I heard that he'd missed. It was something incredible, kind of like forty training sessions or something. Wow. That's that's nothing necessarily in all, I mean Alex Ferguson at Manchester United apparently goes oh. into work on a th- on Thursday morning for the first time he doesn't attend well, a training session like Basile possibly not like that but you know it's stumbling I'm not suggesting that Basile is quite as good a delegator as Ferguson has proved to be that's saying no Bielsa as well is another coach he doesn't he's not there for for certain tasks but but you're right but you have the physical training that's doing the way you can do it but Basile is not is not in that kind of category from what it seems he missed a lot of training sessions yeah because if Bielsa misses a training a field training session he is at least Watching videos, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's at least working. You yeah. know he's working. <laughs> and for Ferguson, I think he earned the right to just <laughs> relax. He's come on, eighty-five years old, maybe, and he's earned the right to. to I think we've a few training sessions. And then again, Basili's the results. Yeah. Then again, Basili's sixty-eight, and they say he's got kind of a thirty-year-old girlfriend. I'm, I'm going to give him the right to miss a couple. <laughs> Fine. So he's Fine. Do what you're he's saying. Doing. He's dating Suvaldia. <laughs> <laughs> maybe his sister. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. What we've not yet mentioned is the the big story <laughs> to come out of the, the aftermath of the Clásico, which I think probably has, it would be fair to say, overshadowed Zubeldia's entrances yeah. as manager. Absolutely. We've hinted at Claudio Shakov being told that he's not going to play again, but uh, one player who's very much written just about the most emphatic transfer request in footballing history <laughs> uh, is Teo Gutierrez, who was sitting in the dressing room 
waiting for his teammates to come in at the end of the Clásico and when they did they were quite angry for him for getting sent off in such a stupid fashion so he shouted back at them and Sebastian Saka the goalkeeper allegedly uh, punched him at which point Teo turned around into his kit bag and pulled out an air rifle or a paintball pistol a paintball yeah. Yeah. Well, so, something that looked yeah. very much like a gun well I've heard so several explanations for this from uh, Teo's like agent I like his dad's one the best personally I think the two I've heard was one courtesy of Dan the other day which was that he was bringing the, bringing the gun back for his two children of uh, six and two years old to play with <laughs> yeah. paintball gun of course this uh, family gun to play paintball after <laughs> yeah and the other one was that he He'd already packed it so that when this was when not if Racing won the Clásico he could go straight off and celebrate and play with his friends <laughs> well yeah among, among the many things I've heard I also heard a version that said that <clears throat> that gun was real and not a yeah. rainbow gun um, and then one of one source it's close to mine and also close to the Racing squad told me that it was somehow exactly how, how it happened and he told me that Theo was there effectively in the dressing room Saha went right at him mm. and knock him out like two punches two good punches and knock him out and then with, with, when Theo recovered he went to pick up this gun and, and showed the gun and said let's have it let's, if you want to fight I'm ready now <laughs> and, and apparently Saha went again and then but the tried to and then Gio Moreno tried to break it up tried to break it up and got hit mm. near, near his yeah. eye um, yeah basically that was it and then the and was it a real gun or was it, it was a paintball gun this, this guy this detail he didn't tell me uh, well he didn't um, he never confirmed but he said that he was the one who told me that he thinks that the gun was ah, real because his source told, told him that the gun was real and that's why the police had a uh, how do you how do you say uh, intervened for yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I particularly <coughs> like the the quotation that Taylor's dad who's also called Taylor Gutierrez gave to the press yesterday where he said something like um, my son offered Sebastian Saha a, a fight and Saha just ran away like a little pussy and it's like well, yes <laughs> he was having a gun away so I would have done the same thing yeah. personally I think today there was a lot of talk that uh, Taylor's going to move to Lanús and he's going to yeah. play just in the Copa Libertadores. Uh, Really, I think it's obviously it's, it's an incredible story, and we're all laughing about it. But Agremiados, the, the players' union, should be getting involved here. Or yeah. AFA should be getting involved here because you know we, everyone always talks about how what disgrace it is that the Barabravas take guns to the, to yeah. the stadiums. Everyone knows it happens. But players taking a gun, whether it's real or whether it's, if it's yeah. an air gun, if it goes off, blind someone. Yeah. So uh, they, they really should be from the either Academia Football Agremiados and mm-hmm. uh, here, which is the players' union or AFA. Yeah. There really should be some kind of discipline for table theater, but it's simply you can't, you can't take a gun into a into a dressing room for a match which is for any match obviously but especially a game which is the, the Clásico yeah. uh, Racing Independiente which is always whether you win or whether you lose it's, it's okay, it always something. kicks off so um, you know it's it, and it's astonishing that, uh, that nothing is going to happen well, from what it sounds well, but also that, uh, also that Lanús seems exactly, yeah. a very, a very willing to take him on yeah. uh, whereas we've seen he's, uh, he's fought with a number of players in his own squad and been sent off regularly and he even fought with some Lanús players when, when Racing played yeah. Lanús. Yeah. Yeah. He had an argument with Marchesin ah, and with yeah. Paolo Gols. Paolo Gols tried to kill him with a flying tackle. <laughs> and, and then Teo went to, uh, to Gastar, like to, 
make fun of them yeah, yeah, yeah to make fun of the Marchesin and then Marchesin said Teo is un tarado which means Teo is an idiot and you you wonder what would be the reaction from Lanús players and especially Pavone for example he's the mm -hmm. the striker for them right now yeah. he scored so really well and you got Romero on the bench as well you yeah. got a very good striker yeah. on the bench mm -hmm. and Pavone scored at least a few goals for Lanús in this uh, group stage and now they're going to they're going to the second stage and if they if they sign Teo you expect them to to play to play him to select him so I wonder what, what will be the reaction from his new teammates. Yeah. I'm just wondering with Gutierrez and uh, Camaronesi on the same team, the Malaleche factor is it's going to be unreadable by any sort of you know conventional Malaleche reader. It's it's going to be impossible. Malaleche is our um, Argentine Spanish phrase of the week. Let's say after we explained it's a little <laughs> last week. Uh, mala leche literally means bad milk. Yeah, got milk. It, it would be better translated into English as sort of bad blood. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that does. But blood, but yeah, you know, kind of nasty, kind of yeah, yeah nastiness, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they uh, were was just this afternoon. We're talking about this, and they found an interview that they did with Camoranesi about two months ago. Um, the one with uh, the uh, Palacios does one on one. Oh yeah, in, absolutely. In ripping into Teo, right? Well, no, no, no. Yeah, and he says, and uh, Palacios asks Camoranesi, so who do you, who for you is the best player in in Argentina, the most most talented, and Camoranesi thought about it for quite a long time and said you know I'm going to say Teo Gutierrez mm -hmm. so this was two months ago but Camarones said he rates him as, as one of the most talented players in the league which quite possibly is he's probably the best yeah. finisher yeah, in, in United football yeah. but, but clearly problematic like. kind of and this was before Camarones kicked the head of Toranzo right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> a match between Lanús and Lanús <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Okay>. <laughs> yeah but it does astound me that uh, anyone is willing to take him on, and, yeah, and then, yeah. like, according to his agent, which we don't know how much we can believe, but he, he reckoned mm. that twelve clubs were calling from all around the world. And we've got to think at least. We've got to think at least he's burnt his bridges with a top European club. So I can't imagine anyone kind of in one of the top five, six leagues in Europe, in Europe taking a chance on someone who's just pulled a gun on. A I don't know. Man City. Man City. Man City. Man City. Man City. Chelsea. What was the what was the the, the yeah, reaction got previous for it in their squad actually haven't they? Yeah. You get right, but actually cool. But what, what was the reaction when Faustino Asprilla did the same? Another Colombian striker. <laughs> in, well, well, the, reaction in, the reaction in England was, huh? What a funny guy. Hmm. And he ended up moving to Newcastle. That was before he moved to Newcastle, uh, wasn't it? I don't remember. No. That. I just I just remember about him bringing a gun to hmm. training, and this was where in uh, Parma. It must have been. So yeah, I'm sure it was yeah. before he signed for Newcastle. So yeah, it's just uh, just a coincidence. That's that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then another funny <laughs> another funny thing is that he actually left. Uh, well, Racing and Independiente stadiums are really really close mm. to one another. I mean, a hundred meters away from one another. So the Racing players took, well went on on the team bus, but they didn't let Teo uh, join to join them. So Teo. He's shown by TV, by TV, so several TV crews were, were there. He he's shown taking a taxi from 
passing stadiums toward his towards his home, or maybe he was playing. He was going to play paintball. We don't know that. Straight to the paintball. You don't want to be on the other side in that game. So yeah, he he took a taxi. Well, I was watching. I didn't see the match. I tried to watch it in Ecuador, and it wasn't on TV because I guess it might have been a strange hour or whatever because they were showing Premier League or whatever. And then I saw the highlights later on ESPN, and it's like four one to Independiente. That seems like a strange result. And then you see like. Tail leaving a taxi. Oh, that seems strange. Yeah. <laughs> and gradually, I started to hear this story about guns and like yeah. seeing his red card, and it was very uh, bizarre. Uh, also, independent manager got uh, five or <laughs> sent off. Oh, yeah, we forgot sent off yeah. after only twelve minutes. He was oh, yeah. mental. He was like furious, <laughs> and he got sent off. And he was seen with a with a handy, with a walkie-talkie, or how you whatever you call it, a radio. Walkie-talkie. And he was giving instructions with with the walkie-talkie, and that was another funny situation. And it all happened in, um, in 90 minutes and <laughs> yeah. in the 15 minutes uh, afterwards. Yeah. Just yeah. an incredible. An incredible game. Yeah, our, our preview to the Alessandro Classico may not have predicted any of this, yeah. or indeed well, may not be very, right. very detailed. Uh, for which we apologise, yeah, we but at least the, the review of it has been suitably mm. action-packed. Um, there were other matches taking place in the weekend. Uh, Independiente Racing was the second because there was a game on Friday night, which I've uh, forgotten which it one. Was it was Estudiantes two, two Colón two, a very very good game. Boselli rescued the rescued a point for Estudiantes in kind of the last minute, mm. and no, I think. Just as we were bigging up Estudiantes and they turn a corner, they've now gone three games without a win and they've started dropping back down the table. So, yeah. And um, I think the other thing we can mention about Estudiantes is Veron did um, did an interview yesterday saying he's probably got another month in him, another three weeks of football, and he's he's hanging up his boots. And his agent then later said that he was going to retire after the, the 18th round. After Veron had said it was going to be after the 14th yeah. round. But now they're so saying he will retire after the 19th round. Right. And, exactly. he will, <laughs> and that he will immediately start working as a director of Estudiantes yeah. and in a, in a position that will be related or, or at least uh, hands-on mm. when it comes to football. And the, that's something else. The one thing that we can probably reveal as a hand of point <laughs> exclusive is that we can confirm that Juan Sebastián Morón will retire from playing football at some time between now and about 2050 or something. Yeah, because yeah. so, yeah. they'll, they'll keep talking That's about it, so you can almost guarantee he'll be president of the club at age 67, and that we can step out for a second half where they're particularly <laughs> short midfielders or something. Um, so that was the first uh, match of the weekend. Independiente Racing was the second, and then later on on Saturday afternoon, because Independiente Racing kicked off at the, the very un-Argentine hour of midday. It was a horrifically early kickoff, just yeah, on top of everything. You know, yeah. the whole game. Yeah. After Friday night, you know. Did you have a big night the night before? No? It was quite an entertaining night. Yeah. I think, I think Not so entertaining in the morning. <laughs> I think you should have, uh, you should ask that question to Vasile because he got straight yeah. to the stadium from. I think I think me and Alfie all were in the same boat that morning. <laughs> but, uh, we, neither of us wanted to be there. We would have rather been in bed, but you know, obligations were obligations. That's just how it is. And apart from that, it was like it was so hot as well. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was just unbearable. <laughs> Probably grumpy, the, grumpy Dan. Really. <laughs> I was grumpy hungover. I I was extremely grumpy that day. I didn't want to know anyone. Went home and just slept. Like there, there was, as I hinted at um, earlier on, another incident later that day in San Martin versus Vélez, which was a game Vélez were winning very comfortably. Really, they were three-one up away from home in the 85th minute when a San Martin fan ran onto the pitch, and there were there was lots of trouble in the stands. And everything Probably they were hanging off the um, alambrado, the. Yeah, the fences. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, reminiscent of, of the promotion between yeah. the other and the yeah. 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 Very uh, similar situation. Yeah. And the Although it didn't even 
didn't push any player. Didn't, 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 didn't have a yeah. He didn't push any player. He didn't have a hat hiding his face. He was more than happy to yeah. to show everyone who he is. And Why were the San Martin fans going so crazy? Just because they were yeah, doing very badly. Yeah, yeah. Garnado had to sort of say that he, that he's not going anywhere, but they just had a bit of a slump. As, as far as I can tell, that was it. There were, I think there were a couple of poor decisions that they weren't. Too yeah, happy I with. didn't see the game, but I think there was. No, yeah, and, and I saw this fan, or if you can call him fan, I thought I saw this guy who invaded the pitch and he was demanding huevos or <laughs> guts or balls or guts or balls or and he wanted his team to. to to really have some play with some urgency, you can say. Especially the upshot of that was it got abandoned at three one to Vélez with five minutes left, and it looks like you know if there's any common sense and decency left in Argentine football, they'll just give Vélez the points because I can't imagine they'd make that's, them yeah, travel out to San Juan again to play five minutes. That's, that's game really one. That's Please. what generally happens when when troubles caused by the the side whose yeah. uh, whose team are sorry about the fans whose team are losing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what normally happens. Of course, happens with, with, yeah. with, yeah. yeah. with the relegation playoff. Yeah. Uh, and then, time. and then, funnily enough, uh, San Martin's next game is going to be against Racing. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a fiery encounter. Yeah. That's going to be the, the Malaleche game to end all. Of course, yeah. Well, maybe not <laughs> now. That, <laughs> now that Tails gone. To an extent, anyway. Yeah. And as if all of this wasn't enough entertainment for the neutral fan on Saturday, um, Sunday in the Premier also saw. Uh, actually, first of all, the, the game that I was at, Argentinos mm. against, um, who was it now, Belgrano, yeah. in which uh, it was a very dull game, not really very much to report apart from a, a very small scrap during the first half when the Belgrano goalkeeper runs the halfway line to join in, mm. um, which was prized apart. And then in the second half, Juan Sabia, Argentinos left back, um, went flying in with a really reckless challenge from behind, fully deserved his red card which the linesman called and Sabia took about five minutes to leave the, the pitch and looked like at one point he was going to thump the linesman his teammates were pushing him along and saying come on get off um, so that was relatively amusing and then later on of course there was I, go on sir. because I just read uh, today that Picante Pereira the Belgrano striker yes, he, he suffered a fracture of the leg yeah. so he'll be out for at least and then he called Argentinas the most malalichi team in Argentina yeah. there's a lot of contenders yeah. this week yeah. and, and it was yeah. it, it was quite amusing actually because Picante He's Pereira of course it was, <laughs> was six sense of humor was, was one of the legs sorry no that's not what no, I mean. was, but, but he was he was one of the Jesus, he was one of the stars <laughs> of the, the Belgrano side which beat River in that relegation playoff last year mm. and for the most part from what I gather anyway when Belgrano have played away they've from most of the clubs they've got a really good reception as a result of that from mm-hmm. the other fans for being the side that relegated River and at Arcantinos it was exactly the opposite to the extent where I was starting to try and delve back into my memory thinking did, did he used to play for all boys or so? and he didn't um, but the, every time he got on the ball they were booing him like anything it was absolutely amazing um, and of course yeah he then has to, to leave the pitch with, with a fractured uh, fibula um, but yeah, that that was. All, all I can't think why he would have a particular no. grudge against. Or I didn't play for Platense or anything. Like no, 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 no. It was it was very peculiar. But it, it was definitely him in particular they were targeting rather than Belgrano was, as a whole. Was it an Argentinos versus Belgrano kind of thing? Maybe because the, maybe they play a promotion in the past. I don't know. I'm asking. I, I just don't remember. Yeah, we'll have to look into I this. Mean, um, I just think to research it before mentioning it on the podcast. <laughs> 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 That's fine. <laughs> Thank you for showing me up. And there was another match on Saturday, Olimpo uh, lost to All Boys yeah. yes. at home. Yeah. And it was a funny quote from Romero, the All Boys manager, who said, uh, he said, the quote was, 
lately we are we have more luck with our throw-ins than with our with our penalties <laughs> because they they they're scoring not like in uh, Rory the Lap kind of way <laughs> but they take a throw-in and then yeah. the build up <laughs> well they, they they create scoring chances from throw-ins and well Mauro Matos also scored his first goal for All Boys in a game in which All Boys won because yeah. all of the goals he scored before. Wow. He Where, scored here. Yeah, he scored. He's, he's, yeah. I think he's, he's uh, always uh, top scorer. But uh, he had this kind of curse. Like every time he scored, his team didn't win. So <laughs> his teammates were happy when, whenever he, he scored. But he, they were also concerned yeah. because, yeah, they saw sign, s- signals that it's a great goal as well. He was, yeah, left-sided throw-in from yeah. which he uh, <laughs> from which he got knocked down. He kind of cut into the box and then absolutely slammed it in. Um, and after that, that evening, just um, just in fact, as I was getting off the bus after Argentinos, um, I, I got into the pub and they, they were about five minutes to go of, no, maybe even less than that, I think it was into stoppage time, Tigre against Boca, mm. and I turned around and saw the TV, which is stationed just above the door, and, and Tigre were leading 2-1, and I promptly gave a little yelp of joy, mm. um, <laughs> which caused people to look around, so I dumped my head and watched the last few minutes, and... Um, the, the, first of all, the, the first amusing thing about that, especially from somebody, the point of view of someone who's either a neutral or doesn't like Boker at all, um, was the fact that the winning goal for Tigre was scored by Rolando Schiavi, who mm-hmm. those of you who already know about Argentine football will know is a Boca Juniors defender. Something that really um, irritated the new San Lorenzo coach, uh, Carlos yeah. Lombardi, <laughs> by the way, because I think the two have got quite a bit of bad. That blood, I'm thinking, must go back to what Caruso's days in yours and, yeah, and that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he basically came out because obviously we talked about this before uh, San Lorenzo and Tigre are in kind of a mortal battle to the death to avoid um, relegation. And they're still matching each other's results. Yeah, San Lorenzo won and then Tigre came across and won this. And Caruso, you know, in his normal, selfish, you know, measured, uh, self assured Caruso way, basically like. Even when he's not on my team, even when he's playing our rivals, he can't even help me. <laughs> just, yeah, was not happy at all. With little trace of irony, I think. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was because Caruso was in love with Sandra Bullock, but. Uh, <laughs> it could well be, yeah. I think Caruso could get Sandra Bullock. <laughs> the own goal was, to be honest, it was no, very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was, oh, a, you know, I mean, it was, it was like that or a penalty, to be honest, as well, because yeah. it seemed he was, you know. But shirt grabbing and it was just a you know a, a, a free kick from from the left hand side and diving ahead of both him and I can't, yeah. I can't remember who the Tigre yeah. uh, striker was but you know, very unfortunate yeah. and also in that game as well we saw a a beautiful free kick from uh, Diego Morales oh, yeah. uh, the Tigre number ten uh, who's been one of the most impressive players for me over the last yeah, two campaigns yeah, yeah, yeah. we, right? yeah. we mentioned Diego Morales before who's the the cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, in this, in this <laughs> match, Falcioni used uh, Pablo Moche as an enganche, that's the playmaker, yeah. and I think they deserve to lose it, if they take that, that kind of decision, because the enganche is usually the most intelligent player in the team. Yeah. Um, our, our, listeners can't, our listeners can't see this, but when Seba was just saying that, he had like the most <laughs> malevolent grin I've ever seen from, from any human no, being. That's it was fantastic. That's, that's because I was, I was looking at Sam's bandana right? <laughs> <laughs> when I said that. I'm, I'm wearing this to look scary so that if Teo Gutierrez bursts in with yeah. a gun while we're recording, he, he's terrified. I don't think you'd stop Santiago Silva with that one, though. No, nor do I. Yeah. And, and um, we should now explain, of course, what, what I'm saying again. I the, well, Mucha here is quite important because there were, there were reports that um, after, I think, the, the Boca equaliser Mulcher made a, a gesture 
you know, grabbing his uh, yes, that's true. His parts, yeah. um, which TV didn't didn't show, but uh, but a lot of the people up in the in the tier list stand said that they definitely uh, saw it, so and that that is where um, really this this yeah. tension started towards fact, the end of the game. Yeah, right. In fact, Ole did an interview of one of the fans that got hit. We'll we'll explain later what this is about, and they said that they had gone to the Boca bus right. to taunt Malchi. Uh, he said this, yeah. yeah, yeah so the and then Silver came across and they thought, ah, we'll chant Uruguayan failure at him, and yeah, it mm. didn't end well. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> very intelligent, the, the way that it ended, fans, the way that it ended, in fact, with, with these chants towards Santiago Silva was in him attempting to lamp one of them. Well, see, so what happened was explain it a bit better. Yeah. I mean, the, the Boca players were getting onto the bus outside the ground, and the Tigre fans, I don't know where the police were, but were <laughs> allowed to just wander up to the bus and yeah, as, as you said they, they went to insult Malche originally but Santiago Silva was there and they were saying kind of I guess racist things about was, Uruguayan Uruguayo fracasado so basically Uruguayan failure Muerto de hambre as well like yeah. you, I don't know uh, starving Uruguayan and <laughs> Santiago Silva is obviously not it um, doesn't look stubborn. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't just Silver. Silver has, has taken all the yes. headlines because he's fractured two bones in his hand. Yeah. Uh, well, he was the one that came. Well, he, so yeah, he got off the bus. They were already on the bus. Yeah. He got off the bus, came down, and started. But three or four get back up, get off the yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah. Because Sosa was one, yeah. And Viti gets off. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah. So there was a melee, a fracas. Yeah. Skirmish. A skirmish. Sets two. Sets two. Yeah, so and Santiago Silva we found out later ended up with yeah. the he was the one that kinda went nuts. Yeah. The others were yeah, kind of yeah, backing yeah. him up. He was more active, more active. <laughs> which was entirely predictable, right? If you're gonna say to anybody that a member of the Boca Juniors squad has thumped <laughs> and broke his hand, who, who was it? Oh that'll be Santiago Silva. Yeah, it with, does with, it does yeah. another term more. <laughs> well, the thing here is as well, as Dan started saying, there's no police here, and this is no. this is why this happened in mm. the first place. I mean, it's this not the normal, issue, yeah. normal in grounds that the away team has no protection, isn't isn't set apart from 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 mm. fans coming out of the stadium as they're leaving the ground. Yeah. And the reason I say this is because Kilmes played Rosario Central uh, yesterday. Very good po- uh, three points for Kilmes in that in for the promotion. Central, Central. Uh, sorry for, for Central, right? Yeah. But it was at Kilmes. Um, and again, they robbed the gates receipts. Ooh. Second time it's happened at Kilmes in six months. Mm. Seven hundred and fifty police at that game, and it took eighty thousand pesos. Mm. So something's happening here with the police. Yeah. Why? Why? How is it that second time in six months it happened? It happened I think it was in the game against Boca when Kilmes were in the first division. Right. Uh, Kilmes Boca, same thing happened. All the gates ha- taken, and and then Tigre Boca. Um, you know. And they made a really good point on, on Fantino, you know, the, the shoutathon on, on Sunday night, which is very rare. But they made this very good point: how much is the Boca Juniors squad worth, right, in terms of their transfer fee, their wages, and and, and so to happen, exactly. So for this to happen, where they basically end up having you know, fistfights with fans after games, you know, it's the organisation really has got to be. It's that where it has to be looked at. Sure, the players are. Shouldn't have responded, and and we yeah. go down that line. But this wouldn't have happened if there yeah. was some semblance of organisation at these grounds. But it really, it really was genuinely stupid by the the players as well. They were yeah. already on of the bus. Of course, they can't react yeah, like yeah. that. But Imagine if it was. They shouldn't. 
all the same the police shouldn't make this a problem they should be there they should yeah. you know have, of course. have, have a few defense back behind the court and so this thing doesn't but need how to often do they get insulted yeah, all the time it's constant yeah, that's, that level of, of insult it's and incredible swearing. amount of journalists who said um, yeah I'm fed up of, of players just having to take it all and journalists we get the same you know, <laughs> I support the players getting down and you're like yeah, and you're not sure about no, that one. but I'm, I'm sure it's because it's Boca and I'm not I don't have any pro- I, I have no problem saying it if he was Teo doing that okay. I mean he would have been like the scum of the earth for every single journalist if you put a gun on a fan even worse yeah. <laughs> and if he was still yeah he would have been at, at least one one or two fans shot <laughs> <laughs> like maybe 47 yeah. or something because as we said he he can score he can oh, hit the target yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. no but I mean uh, without any any jokes without making any jokes I think the bias towards Boca is is pretty evident here because it's not one, it's not two journalists. Many, several, several uh, communicators are just just defending the Boca players, saying, oh, they're victims because I, w- I wonder what you would do if they spit on you on the street. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not used to being shouted at or insulted, but I'm, because I, I haven't been playing football in an environment as... as Argentine football is, and I'm not well, condoning that. Or just because you're not a green girl, for yeah. instance, yeah. who lives in oh, okay. Me, Sam, and Joe are English, so you yeah. know, the last couple of weeks is, you, yeah. we haven't been able to walk on the street, we've had to be careful. You know, <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very hard life, really. Uh, you, have, uh, you seem to have a finger fracture or something. Did, did you punch anyone? I've been punching a few people. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I would have, I would have loved, well, I would have loved it. it's not the way of saying it but I would have loved to see the scenario in which instead of Boca players those were like Argentinos yeah, or, or Olimpo the other Belgrano. point I think which is the other thing one of the things that a lot of people are probably wondering now is how long is Santiago Silva going to get banned for and you know, if, if it had been any team literally any team in yeah. one of the top European leagues yeah. He'd have been banned. Yeah. They're blaming yeah. everything yeah. on the police and the Coprocelli. And you can't help them. thinking if it was one of the, you know, often self-denominated equipo chicos, if it, if it had been Argentinos or All Boys or something that this has happened mm. to, the players would have been banned. Yeah. And Silva, nobody's even talking about the possibility. No, uh, he'll miss a couple of weeks you know, because of his fractured fingers. But after that, he'll do that. They're talking about bandaging up the, the fractured yeah, fingers and, and letting him play at the weekend. What if he needs to punch someone else? <laughs> well, exactly. it's just dangerous. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> He's not going to be able to score any goals with that hand either. So no. that rules out one of the appendages that he's got. To is he left left-footed, left-handed? Because it was his left hand that he wrote. Or was he just he's leaving? Very able maybe he's going with the jab, yeah. Maybe he's leaving the jab, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then nothing's happening to, t- to Teo either. <clears throat> There's no ban for Teo. Yeah, I don't There's agree no that there would be a ban. I think like, this kind of stuff that happens fairly often. Yeah, it, the, it's in poli- the to be honest, it's a police issue. Yeah, this is this is perhaps moving sort of GBH areas. Yeah, plus it's beyond. Football. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but in terms of a ban, I'm not sure if that's if that is an offence that falls under sort of the Afford um, disip, um, discipline tribunal. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm it's not, kind I'm of a grey. Sure, yeah. sure As you say, it's kind of a grey area because you could probably say the tail one because it happened in the dressing room. It's um, it's an internal club discipline yeah, matter, right. and then Silva, yeah. yeah, police matter if he's but, attacking, you know, people on the streets. So. At the same time, Eric Cantona, when he attacked the fan at Southhurst Park, yeah. obviously that, that was inside the stadium, so yeah. the FA had to do something. He also got the prison sentence, or the or, well, community service yeah. Yeah. sentence. But are you saying that if yeah. it happened outside the stadium, that the FA wouldn't have done anything at all about it? Pass. No, no, I don't know, but um, this, I just mean on this on this particular well, yeah. instance, I mean, but, but you're right, but I mean, he had um, cr- a criminal... 
proceedings for him for mm, because yeah. of that. Yeah, as he should have. Did they yeah. do anything with Joey Barton when he had this episode at a pub? When, when he yeah, attacked, went to jail, didn't he? Well, yeah. well I mean, but the FA, yeah. no, yeah. no, Arrow, right? I mean, and, and with Stephen Gerrard, 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 well, they, 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 well, I don't want Silva to be banned and to be to serve a suspension effectively on the pitch because he, that didn't happen on the pitch. But yeah. the club, I don't think they will find him. And I just want some common sense from from the media, from 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 some some of my colleagues that are, are really letting me down because it's just. It's just because he's playing for Boca. That's I'm convinced of that, and that's really really sad. I mean. They, they, they're really, really advocating and defending Silva in this situation, and I, I, I think it, it shouldn't happen. And they say, hey, "What if you get insulted or you get attacked on the street? Wouldn't you react and get into a fight and throw some punches?" And honestly, I've never, I've never been in a fist fight. I've never been in a fist fight in my life. Yeah. Like you said, you know the atmosphere of, of Argentinian football. If they reacted every single time somebody exactly. insulted yeah. them yeah. or their mother or their their country, it would be fights. Yeah. Twenty yeah, times a week. Mm. All, what, all of this has me. You know, I don't know whether it's, it's the case that you know because it's Boca they're being protected. I, I really don't know. But I mean, um, it, purely football in terms, it does mean that no one's talking about the fact that the Boca lost and that they continue to play the same team, mm. the, the strongest team on mm. paper, yeah. and every single match. And at the moment, they're still in three competitions. They're still in the Copa Argentina, Libertadores, which they're now qualified, but they want to finish top. Yeah. Um, on Wednesday night they play Zamora and they need a result elsewhere to, to win it but still and they're still challenging for the league title obviously mm. and Falcioni isn't changing the team around at all and they've got a good squad mm. and they've got a number of players who aren't getting minutes and and I wonder whether they started to look a little bit stale against mm. Tigre yeah. and whether all of this just wouldn't have happened in the first place yeah. if there'd been something maybe brought in someone like Sanchez Mino instead of Erviti mm. Blandi up front perhaps you know Mm-hmm. A bit of squad rotation. I wonder whether that would have meant that they won, and, and again, this would have none, none of this maybe maybe would have happened. Yeah. And um, then they were one all, and then Ledesma yeah. scored, and he, and he was disallowed because he handballed it. They it could have gone mm. either way, mm. and Tigre did really well to to win it at the end, and it was a bit of with a bit of luck, you, you can yeah. say. Mm. And uh, so it, I think he was. You, you may have a point, but it was also it wasn't that they were clearly defeated and they were they, they were um, they had no chances to win this game. I, I think with what they have and that is a solid structure, and even if they continue to use the same players, it's like they can go on autopilot and, and still win the league. In my opinion, I think they have yeah. mm. enough with their with their stability. That that's probably enough for them. Although to we win should the say uh, probably another thing that's been quite overlooked this weekend with the whole. Silver attacking fans thing is that uh, Boca are no longer the sole leaders of the league. Uh, New Orleans old boys, who we've yeah. talked about a fair bit this season because we've been really impressed. They drew level at the top with a three 0 win over Banfield, mm-hmm. and again, yeah, we I think we talked about this at length last week thanks to Ralph's question. But I only saw the highlights of the match. I didn't see the whole thing, but what I saw, they just they seem to be getting results and they're doing yeah. very well with it. Yeah, there, there were no punches thrown or knives drawn no. or guns being thrown around or anything at that game which is why we've not talked about it yet um, but Newell's fans are 
notoriously loud and mental so you know I think <laughs> well, that's that merits their inclusion yeah. in this week's yeah. podcast um, and they have been really impressive they're, they're now tied with Boca on 20 points at the top have those guys played each other yet? Okay. no not no, yet I don't think so do you know when that is? that'll be good yeah. In the next yeah, yeah. nine games, I think <laughs> some some <laughs> Within the next nine games, oh, okay. so. but <laughs> after ten ten match days of this season, in 2012, they've already won more games than the whole of 2011, mm. which is uh, yeah, good testament to Tata Martino. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know he didn't have any money, didn't bring any anyone apart from um, the centre back whose name escapes me, but point is they didn't you know I didn't think they brought in Pablo Perez who'd been around Ecuador or yeah. Venezuela yeah. somewhere and he's come in and done really well Banfield they brought in I can't remember his name but anyway yeah. point is didn't invest didn't bring didn't change much no. at all in terms of the playing staff and you know it's an incredible yeah. incredible tournament trusted a lot in the young players oh, in his yeah. team the reserves the there was a silly event at the Alls as well in fact Alberto Aquino um, scored for them in stoppage time Victor after Aquino. coming off the bench Victor Aquino Victor Aquino thank you Dan scored for them in stoppage time after coming off the bench uh, to make it 3-0 in about the 92nd minute <laughs> took his shirt off to celebrate obviously got booked ok fair enough um, after the match took his shirt off again to, this is after the full time whistle to swap it with an opponent shook hands all of this the referee comes over books him again no. red card so he's suspended at the weekend no. for fuck's um, sake Newell's have got previous in this as well because I remember this is maybe six or seven years ago it's absolutely ages ago Newell's went on a very long run without a win and when they finally managed to get one it was at their own stadium and they wandered over to the home popular afterwards they all took their shirts off threw them into the, the stands the referee went over and booked the lot of them and for about six of them it was their 50 yellow card of the season so they ended up getting suspended for the next week and the only guy who didn't get booked was I can't remember who it was but he was giving an interview to the TV station at the time and that's why he wasn't involved in it it's unbelievable you see it's good to have some TV exposure <laughs> um, yeah but uh, just one point on news what a beautiful football club that is and I, I wish them well mm. and I know they have some. They have a heated rivalry with with Racing over the years, but uh, from from a his, from a historical point of view, or historic, or historical historical point of view, such a beautiful club, and, and yeah, that's probably for one listener who's uh, <clears throat> having doubts on which team to adopt. Maybe that's. I mean, yeah, I think we've spoken before about their fantastic fans. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the noisiest and. and yeah. Always um, sitting like the fireworks and the whole shebang. You get it. And very easy to support the new organisation now that's been in place for what a year and a half, two years or so. Because yeah. for a very long time, for fourteen or fifteen mm. years or something, they they essentially were run by a dictator, Eduardo And one of the clubs where the Barra Brava was arguably the most powerful uh, in terms of how how strong it was inside the club. Um, and that's that's no longer the case. And that goes back to the fans because it yeah, was exactly what exactly. the fans getting together and organising. And marched and, on and headquarters, which is in exactly. Buenos Aires, which is what is it eight eight hundred kilometres from from Rosario. So mm, four hundred. Sorry, sorry, four hundred. eight hundred, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know that that takes some dedication to to do eventually. Um, other events, guys, that happened. Oh, River Plate was, was the other one that, that we wanted to, that I wanted to, to mention. We should also say that Vélez Sarsfield are currently playing defence or sporting in the background. An example, and it, that they have just conceded. Yeah, they're an exa- They're going to win the league, uh, the, the group anyway. And they're an example of a team who, as Joel said, was not the case with Boca earlier. Know how to rotate the squad. Yeah, um, no, 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 I was just going to say when Joel was saying that. 
Gareca, I think, is doing the is probably doing the, the best job of rotating because he doesn't change the whole. He keeps the spine of the team, but changes it's like the five or six players. Yeah, uh, where yeah. kind of changed the whole team and completely fallen away in the league. Uh, still doing, they did very, they're doing very well in that. Although we can yeah. say that Gareca maybe has a little bit more experience in this than Schwarz and Lanusia. Very good They've been, in, uh, they've been yeah. in the lower door as what the fr- third year in a row, f- yeah. fourth year in a row at least, and. With him as coach, we should say, yeah, which is pretty not rare only, in itself in Argentine football. Yeah. But not only the experience he has, also the the, the structure, the, the structure he has behind with this wonderful run run club, yeah, as well as and he knows uh, he's got kind of twenty young players in his team yeah. that even any one of them can come and fill in a position for one game. This it's a very good situation to be in. Yeah, and Vélez is one of those cases in which any player who's not doing well at other clubs they go into the mm-hmm. Vélez team and they immediately produce and they have many many examples of that in the past and I think the, the peak of the love for me will be Augusto Fernández who yeah. wasn't really a bad player for River but since he's playing for Vélez he's, he has been immense mm-hmm. that, that's been the case with a lot of people who've played for River yeah. and then moved yeah. on to yeah. other clubs yeah. in the last few years as an aside about Augusto Fernández uh, I think he's probably about the best right side Player Argentina has at the moment, Argentinian player at the moment, and I'm wondering if does he play right back at all? Um, Not really. No, he's, he's always, he's always further, further up the field. But there as well is a position where he could definitely play. They don't really have many players, midfielders, yeah, wide yeah. midfielders that get forward well, and uh, yeah. and and just, I think. I, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of people been saying that recently, haven't they? Yeah. No, no, I think one one that's been talked about a lot is um, if we look across to Chile, uh, Matias uh, Rodríguez in Universidad de Chile who's been playing fantastically and he's only I think just turned 26 so he could definitely be an option definitely on form and, he, and he's so, so committed that he said he'd happily play for Chile yeah <laughs> in three years if he's still didn't get the call in three years no but I've, I've no doubt that he, he wants to play for yeah. Argentina of course and, and Sabella's mentioned him hasn't he yeah him, him and Saka were yeah. two of the players he was watching kind of in South America recently hmm. So yeah, what happened with River then? Uh, what happened with River is well, okay. Results-wise, first we've already mentioned Rosario Central's win against Quilmes uh, last night. Was that? Yeah. 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 Um, Instituto, who most of you will know as that team that Paolo Dybala plays for, also <laughs> won on Sunday. And prior to that, to, to against Atlanta, thank you, Dan. Um, and prior to that, to, to crank up the pressure, or at least to keep up the pressure on them, on Saturday afternoon, River beat Huracan two 0 um, with not a particularly brilliant performance, but goals from Fernando Cavanaki and uh, Daniel Bichalva, wasn't it? No. no. It was an own goal, the first, and Cavanaki with the second. Thank you very much, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> Just making it up, Sam. Yes, sorry, I was getting confused because. Propaganda machine. I was getting it mixed up with the Copa Argentina game last week when Trezeguet scored and then Bichalva. You can see him, he's wearing a bandana, he said, he's a real play barra. And he gets a percentage of Vigelmas' future self. The, the bandana which has been mentioned is actually a Barcelona de Ecuador one, which Australian Dan Maricani brought me back from, from his holidays as a present. Um, I should clarify that. Um, but anyway, the, the, the main the reason I wanted to talk about uh, the River game in, in the context of all of this malaleche that's been going around this, this weekend uh, is that at one point the referee had to hold it up because there was chanting in the stands that, that was of a racial nature. And was um, was targeted specifically at Boca Juniors fans. Uh, River, obviously more than anybody else. Although it must be said, uh, some of the other clubs as well have this uh, 
chat about Boca, which accuses all of their fans of being dirty Bolivians and Paraguayans. The, the, uh, Bolivian, they are the worst at that. Okay. Well, they even throw things to yeah, the ground yeah. when they play Boca. The, the, the implication, obviously, being that, that they're illegal immigrants. Um, and then after the, the game, so the referee almost uh, called the game off for that. Um, and then after the game, uh, a couple of the press picked up on the fact that just outside the stadium, there were T-shirts being sold with the slogan along the lines of "This is what all Bocas fans are jealous of," and then a picture of an Argentine national ID card, which is very clever, but it has to be said rather racist. Um, I, I don't think that they were referring to the fact that Boca are the tourists' club in Buenos Aires. Uh, it seemed to be rather more heated than that, and nothing again. As we've said so many times about everything in this podcast, nothing's really being done about it, but it did cause a lot of headlines. Um, I guess I, I can, what I can say about that is that most Boca fans will have a passport full of stamps for the many times they won the Copa Libertadores <laughs> and <laughs> went to Japan and everywhere, and everywhere following the team. And the uh, River playing Instituto this weekend, uh, mm. fantastic match. Uh, they are the, the Super Clásico de la B. <laughs> Well, uh, as, as I'm, I'm going to dub it right I'm pretty now. sure the Super Classico de la B is uh, arriba Boca Unidos well yeah so everybody says but it's <laughs> no, that's what the press in, in Corrientes wrote yeah. the, the morning after really? yeah it was uh, Clásico se queda en Corrientes oh my god <laughs> the Super Classico stays in, in Corrientes after yeah Boca Unidos obviously the namesake for Boca Juniors yeah beat, beat uh, River in that match so um, if, but it's so going to be a great game this, this Saturday yeah. so if Tottenham play Arsenal de Sarandí would that be the North London <laughs> It's a shame that uh, it seems like uh, Lucas Ocampos has been dropped from the River starting side, um, which would have been a shame because it would have been good to see the two of the, the best young talents, Ocampos and Ibala, play against each other. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd say Ocampos will make some appearance. And they should take part of the Argentina under 20 uh, when Troviani next has a competition or a competitive game. And I'm really looking forward for that partnership. And these two are really, really experienced now, playing in an environment and there's a lot of pressure. So have, have they played together for Argentina under 20 yet before, Seba? No, never. You're, you're no. a national team expert. So. No, no, no. They haven't played for the under 17s even at that Ocampos has. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Ocampos being dropped, I don't think it's such a big surprise, to be honest. He's the only player for River who's played every single game. Yeah. And he is 17. He turns 18 at the end of the season. He's really young. And you know, when River went down, everyone was saying that there's too many young players. There's too much responsibility for them. They have the same pressure this year. They've got to go up. And he's a player who's playing. He's naturally a striker. He's been playing on the left hand side. And his form has been up and down. Almeida said it. He himself admits it. And uh, it's a shame for this game that. It's yeah. the game when it's going to happen, yeah. but it's been coming because he's played every single game. And you've been recently, John? I only beat him quite recently, yeah. Lovely guy, lovely guy, very shy. Um, we were talking about the other day, he's a specimen, right? He's 17, but he's big, <laughs> big fella. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't get to know that well, but. Uh, yeah. did, did you guys give his arm? I mean, for you, stripped down in the, in the locker room, he's a fantastic <laughs> sight to look at, isn't he? It's a tripod at times. That's what you're saying there. I'm this is kind of it's, uh, the only thing missing from you now is to say this is a nightmare. Because Stan didn't say any football this weekend, so you just got to talk about penises. I think. Does does Agustin Alasio have any competition to worry about? Alasio, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard this one at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I sent you the video after. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> I have Theo with a taxi. Sorry, I have to go. I'll ask you. Theo came with a taxi. Uncle Larry, I meant. Uncle Larry, you meant. Uncle Larry, the. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Campbell's a lovely guy. Uh, he, I'm sure they'll beef him up like they did Lamela. Uh, and he very much looks to Cristiano Ronaldo, who's obviously mm. all about power. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's going to have a, a great career, whether he leaves this, this, uh, this June or July or in a year's time. Um, personally, I really think he needs to stay another year. And not just because it would be good for River or for him, or, but because really don't think he's ready to to play well, in, in Spain or England it just seemed yet, like until recently that he was going to um, spend at least six months in there in Primera but mm. then uh, I saw comments about two or three weeks ago where he was saying um, you know he's always said I'd love to spend six months in Primera and then he was saying really I can't it's not up to me I mean it's not up to me no, yeah, but although sounds like Mudo um, Vacas signed by Palermo when, when he was with Belgrano and he insisted mm-hmm. on spending six yeah. months with, with, with Belgrano because he wanted to play in, in first division so you never know, but um, as I said, it does look like he's going to be dropped, which perhaps isn't such a bad thing. Plus, as a sub, I think he'd be quite a, an excellent option yeah. for, yeah. for River Plate because he's, sure. he's also very versatile. You can play him, you can play him up front or slightly deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, we haven't really seen him as a striker yet because of the Kabanaki and uh, Chori Dominguez yeah. and then coming out he tries to get access to the coming up, really pushed all up through the juniors in the Argentina under under eight squads he's been the striker yeah. uh, and it was only the start of this season that Armena started trying him as a, as a left winger and I've read quite a few um, interviews with old River players and River fans kind of of various uh, persuasions and a lot of them would like to see uh, Ocampos get his chance with Trezeguet out front it seems to be quite a Beto Alonso yeah. yeah and I think yeah. there was another another one maybe Filio said something along those lines that, yeah so no I don't know I mean obviously yeah, we've only seen him as kind of a winger attacking fielder so maybe there's more to come even in, in this River squad he's not going to play up front no, no that's just, it's not going to happen yeah. Um, yeah. and he's been he's been really good on, on the left hand yeah, side very um, he's improved a lot of aspects of his game that were maybe not so strong because he was a striker and he had to adjust this new role but um, yeah I think he's Certainly, in the next four or five years, fully expecting to sort of really improve and, uh, and be a, a major talent in, in Europe. But again, he's, he's still really, really young. So. Speaking of Beto Alonso, I'm curious because uh, I, I want to know. You're curious or furious? Curious, okay. curious. I, I want to know what, who will be the English equivalent of this guy. Because just to explain briefly, this was one of the biggest legends in modern time for River Plate. He played in the 80s. Um, late seventies and the whole eighties, mm-hmm. and he was a wonderful number ten, very like very very talented. And the only reason he were, why he never made it with the national team was because a certain Diego Maradona was ahead of him in the pecking order. So he, he was a, absolutely amazing. We, we mentioned time, him very briefly actually a couple of weeks ago in those lines. He didn't go to the eighty six World Cup because Maradona insisted that Bocchini be be called yeah, up exactly, himself. Right? Yeah. But that was another, uh, it was a fair point from Maradona as Mm. well because Bocchini was another Mm. of the excellent number 10. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how good Beto Alonso is. It's Maradona's specific request out of love for another player to to get to keep Alonso out of that squad. Yeah, so then, but then there's a problem with Alonso because every time he speaks, it's to to criticize River and just to undermine whoever is in charge at River, whoever the player is. He just seems to be attracting or trying to attract the, the, the spotlights and 
the, the, the best way for him to do that is by just throwing vomiting quotes and, and I, I getting know, picked, but picked up by the, the media. I don't know if there's a real English equivalent to that that I can think of off the top of my head anyway. Um, just but the best because we've never had him married. What, one, that I, <laughs> what, one that I would think would be a fairly good uh, equivalent that most of our Anglophone listeners will be familiar with because they're very knowledgeable people is Johan Krauf. Mm. and the amount of crap that he talks about Barcelona and Ajax all the time and about how much better they'd be if they employed him and blah 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 mm. um, and then he you know, gets the opportunity to, to do what he wants to do at Ajax and ends up mm. you know, turning over the club and, and they've not really benefited too much from it so far because of the fact that it's all about him the whole time um, I don't think that Alonso is quite as egotistical as no, no, as no, Christ, no, but then he's, 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 I mean, he's also he's a player that with River Plate, you know, he won absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. World champ, World Club Championships, Libertadores, and, and as well as a great talent, obviously. And I mean, also he had a hand in the, in the youth team. I mean, he he personally intervened so that Hernan Crespo didn't go to Huracan and he stayed at, at River Plate when he was a youngster. So, you know, um, and I think within River there are certain people who'd like him to have. The De Stefano role at Real Madrid, in terms of sort of an ambassadorial role, more than necessarily a kind of a, um, a decision-making role, maybe in youth teams or, or whatever, um, or a scouting role perhaps. But um, but you're right. He's, I mean, he's di- uh, politically he's the opposite end to, to Daniel Passarella, the current president. So um, so. Yes, yeah, I think he's politically he's opposite to River Plate's interests because every time he speaks, I, seriously, I think every time he speaks, he's, he creates problems. He creates a bad. Uh, Don't you think he represents what a lot of River Plate fans think, which is that you know we need the people who took River Plate to where they are now. You know, no, but I mean, I don't mean except. That's what his whole idea is that look, I was, you know, River Plate used to be this great club that won everything, that played great football, and when look, look, look what they've done to it. Yeah, but they did. I mean, this is the. Oh, no, I'm not know, the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I didn't necessarily mean right now, these days. He has always been right. that, that way, ever, ever since he retired. And when he was a player, he was a troublemaker as well and he had a fight with Di Stefano we didn't mention him when Di Stefano was River Plate manager but anyway just it was something I wanted to know from, from you what, what your your views were and whether there was an English equivalent of that I think one similar um, example that comes to mind it, it didn't happen because um, of tragedy but it's often been said there was a, a player in England in the 1950s called uh, Duncan Edwards mm-hmm. after whom uh, coincidentally enough, my, my my dad was named, mm-hmm. and he died, I think, at the age of 23 in the Munich air crash in 1958. Yeah. And they kind of say um, Bobby Moore, who's probably the biggest football icon that England have ever had, the captain of the World Cup in the World Cup winning team in 1966. They say kind of it's a bit of an exaggeration, but they say if uh, Duncan Edwards hadn't died, then Bobby Moore would never have got a cap because he played in the same position, and mm. this guy was, you know, just a lot, lot better. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, you know, interject, yeah. And maybe Duncan Edwards is the English equivalent there. Yeah, maybe. No, with, the recent, with the recent uh, Suarez Evera issue, there was a lot of, obviously, a lot of people talking about the racism in, in the game. John Barnes never was constantly on trial for England, and his, certainly what he's been saying in the last few months with the with racism issue in, in the UK didn't really fit in with the media line mm. and anyone, because he was talking about on a much wider scale 
much broader scale the problem with of racism in football and, and the you know the uh, the concept that, that's, that, that people have. So I wonder whether that's possible. Mm, but that's, that's very that's, recent. That's and Stan Collymore as well. More yeah, so, yeah, exactly. On Twitter yeah. particularly. Yeah, yeah. But um, but you're right. I mean, Beto Alonso for for so many different reasons is is kind of a unique sort of personality in yeah. in, in football. So mm. yeah, basically, right. in England have never had anyone. Anyone near as good as? Glenn Hoddle, maybe. Yeah. We've recorded for some Another considerable time. time already, and Australian Dan still has to turn into Mystic Dan and do his predictions. I think uh, so we do. We got heaps of questions on the hashtags. So we do a couple of those. We'll, we'll try and pick out a couple of your questions very quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll put the, the microphone down, play some music, and then we'll get some more music in just a few minutes for, for Mystic Down. Um, but next up is your questions, so don't go away. To, to answer is from Wanchope underscore Dickoff um, and he asks whether Samora who admittedly a Venezuela not Argentine but we're a, a Catholic bunch with a small seat and they'll be playing Boca um, this week so they will be yeah. he asks whether they are the most negative team in the history of the Copa Libertadores and our resident Copa Libertadores historian Seba <laughs> is here to, to answer that question yeah I'm not sure about negative teams uh, what I just that question triggered one, one memory from the 80s and it was and involved uh, Boca Juniors as well. Um, they were in a group uh, with uh, well, Boca River, Boca Juniors and River played together in the same group with two um, Bolivian uh, sides. And one of them was Orient- Oriente Petrolero. It was uh, they used back then two teams from the same country playing against two teams from, mm. from the other, well, from another country in a group stage. So they got to the last. Um, to the last game of the group stage and they had to play Boca well Boca had to play Oriente Petrolero at home and the thing was similar to Germany and Austria in the World Cup in 82 because a new new draw would make them both advance so Boca fans were cheering well they, they wanted that game to be a draw because that would have meant River play were, were out and they played the entire uh, the entire 90 minutes without shooting, and they were passing the ball backwards from mid, from the midfield line. I, I think that was horrible, horrible uh, advertising uh, advertising for football. But is what happened, and I, th- I think that was uh, well, that was really negative <laughs> in a way. Uh, it was, it was yeah. asking for trouble for River and Boca in the same yeah, group, yeah. really, wasn't it? And, and yeah. not they were expected sure that the decisive too. game was between them. But yeah. if that had happened, there would have been all kinds of other trouble as well. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I, I touched the Copa Libertadores on um, on Sunday, incidentally, on a tour of the Argentino Juniors Museum. They've got it on a on a plinth with no replica, no protective glass or anything, and yeah, nice. you can walk right up to it and put your hand on it. <laughs> you missed that one. Yeah. Just <laughs> no, no, I, I didn't miss it out. No, I just chose to ignore ignored it. Ignored it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and also the the Clausura title from two years ago. It's heavy, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Bloody yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but there were many negative sides in the history of Copa Libertadores and. Uh, some that were really famous for even dirty tactics as Estudiantes when they won it three times in oh, the really? 60s I've, I've never heard this <laughs> <laughs> well 
You heard about dirty lips. Well, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> this, this is the this is the team that that uh, invented. Well, didn't they didn't themselves invent it, but they had the phrase invented for them: anti-football. Uh, that's that's how bad they were. And Carlos Bilardo famously was one of them, and that's where he got some of his ideas that he's used ever since. Well, there's the amazing um, interview on TV. It's quite old now, but um, where he said. Uh, they were asking about this, and, and he just said, um, "Yeah, but you know, like, with the pins, you, know, you can't do that these days. You know, you've got AIDS and things like that." <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit of the but yeah, so but back in the day, it was more than acceptable to. My favourite Bilardo quote is the infamous video of him when he was managing Atletico Madrid shouting at the physio to not to help an injured opponent because he was going, the, the enemy, he's the enemy, you must stamp on him, stamp on him! <laughs> A couple of questions then. Um, uh, Tom Robinson asks, if you could form a band out of Argentinian players in domestic league, who would they be and what would it be called? I think it's bands. a pity Juan Pablo Sorin isn't still around yeah. in the domestic league because you can get a great hair rock yesterday band out was, Yesterday was Mono Burgos' birthday so yeah. obviously we've got him on drums Yeah, yeah. Of course I, we had in my show before the band uh, Castro, Teo and Gio when they <laughs> put on the Vaginata gear and started um, hitting some bongos yeah. well, We don't want that band to play cumbia we want them to play rock and roll yeah, well, at least rock and roll. It's actually that I will say that Bichar um, it will be Paul McCartney playing at the at the top of the ep, the Apple building, like with that that same look that Paul McCartney had in '69, with the full beard and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. He's Paul. He's a Paul lookalike, if you ask me. Santiago Silva could definitely be kind of like a scar skinhead frontman, kind of just mm. yelling down the mic and yeah. I'm sure yeah. Tevez would want to be involved. Of course, yeah. And if we yeah, want Falcioni, we we have to put him a kiss mask. Yep. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise he will be really scary. Who was the the guy who scored the winning penalty in the Copa Argentina for one of the lower division sides with the really dirty Rasta dreadlocks? Because they could probably be in some kind of Bristolian reggae band. I think. <laughs> Sounds like an interesting band you've just yeah. formed. Um, yeah. And what would the name? Sorry, that was several different suggestions yeah. for several different bands. Of course, what they'd be called. It would be some sort of super group, I think, playing all different sorts of different music. Mm. We could just fusion. Fusion. <laughs> or we can just call them Malaleches since it's been the theme of the night. Maybe Malaleches, yeah. <laughs> a good name would be Todo Pasa as well. Todo <laughs> yeah, Pasa. Pasa. Um, Grant Holt better than Messi from We're Into Stoppage Time. Mm, close. <laughs> I think it's between those two, right? What? what? Yeah. Grant Holt what better than Messi. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would. Yeah, 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 fish and chips. Sure. Chess, <laughs> uh, possibly. Let's do one more. Um, we're trying to search for one more that's there's a few that we've already answered about Jacob Thiago Gutierrez mm. I would say Grand Hall better than Messi but not better than Adel Tarapt if I may <laughs> of course we should mention that we might well be seeing uh, Messi in the Argentine league scene since he's obviously going to get deported as, uh, as retribution for the EPF you think yeah I think it's definitely on the cards there, there's the yeah the photoshop Fantastic doing the rounds, yeah. isn't it, with Rakoy, the Spanish Prime yeah. Minister, sort of holding a gun to Messi's head yeah. and saying, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either give us back the uh, the Repsol shares in the in the Argentine oil industry, or, yeah. or you never see Messi." Again. Don't take back your beer food. We've got Messi. Yeah. 
Okay, some good ones here. Uh, Phil Carney, just how batshit crazy is Teo Gutierrez? We've already answered that, I think. Very. There's the one word. Football fatties ask, new listener, really like the show, but why does that guy support QPR? <laughs> <laughs> I asked myself the same question. We've been man. asking him for years. It still doesn't no, happen I, I blame a computer game back in the 90s, and then I blame myself. I can't imagine time version of football manager, right? Yeah. All right, and maybe last one from uh, Connor. Uh, why doesn't... Why hasn't Europe shown any interest in Odeon, best goalkeeper in Argentina for some time now? Question mark. This is my imagination, right? But he has played for a European club before, I'm sure. Would you mind Odeon? very quickly looking up to double check? I might be getting him confused with... I mean, I know no, I don't think he right. has. He, he played for San Lorenzo, yeah, and then Estudiantes, and then I think to Boca, yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't think he has played. No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say necessarily. That. He's been good, but I wouldn't necessarily. No, say yeah, I'd say this season as well. He's, he's made a number of mistakes. Yeah. San Lorenzo Estudiantes Boca. Oh, that was wrong. Yeah. Well, it's thirty. No, I don't think he's ever been anything particularly special. There's he keepers. There's keepers in Primera that I'd put above him. Uh, you know, without any sort of bias, because I think we could all probably agree this. I put Saka above him in the local yeah. league. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'd also put maybe uh, Barovero for Vélez, who I've been very impressed yeah. by the last few years. Arguably all three of Independiente's goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, particularly yeah, Gavarini. We, we should, I, should, I should possibly mention that Connor, the, the guy who asked that question, is a Boca Juniors fan, right. so maybe slightly not that we want to cast yeah. aspersions. But, uh, no, no, but he's, he's a very good keeper. Yeah. He had an excellent year that. last year when obviously yeah. they were the champions, but yeah, I don't think he's ever been that, that spectacular no, right. and, and kind of consistently so for a couple of years to get that move one of the worst time wasters as well as he had a history of conceding silly goals as well one famous that cost San Lorenzo the Copa Libertadores yeah. tie against Liga de Quito uh, he tried to do some keepy happy and gave the ball away to to Bieler and he yeah. scored and San Lorenzo were knocked out and he doesn't have the best attitude and probably some clubs will look into that and, and think it's, it could be a liability I'd say to Connor as well like, if you wanted to look at any of the Boca keepers at the moment and see one that's going to do really well in Europe you should look at the reserve keeper Sebastian Sosa because I think he's 23, 24 he's not I don't think he's played in Primera yet since moving from Peñarol but he was Peñarol's first choice all through their their final run in the Copa last year and you might even see him this Wednesday would it be against Zamora because it looks like he he might get a nod to give Orion a rest very very good keeper and I'll be extremely surprised if he doesn't make it in Europe as Dan was saying that defence have just taken a 2-0 lead against the Southfield these are your live updates from a game that was taking place yesterday <laughs> by the time I heard it as we're making a habit of doing on Handapod um, Australian Dan has got out a piece of paper which has got some incomprehensible and very funny things written on it and that can only mean that can only mean that it's time for me to play his theme music and take us into Mystic Dan Well, remind me that you said that last week. It just but uh, next week. Uh, a lot of the times, it's, it, you know, a lot of the games, I'm very unsure about this. I've seen like six or seven of these. Uh, anyway, I'll go to it. It's um, from Tigre to beat Olimpo, passing to beat San Martin, uh, Vélez to beat Lanús, Estudiantes to win away to Rafaela, Colón and Argentinos to draw, uh, Boca to beat Belgrano away, 
always in Union to draw San Lorenzo to beat Banfield away, Independiente to beat Godoy Cruz away, and Newell's to beat Arsenal away. So that was tough. Away. Teams. Yeah, um, Half of the perhaps that last game is, well, uh, Vélez Lanús looks very interesting, mm-hmm. and that last game is second versus third, oh, first versus well, first yeah, joint first versus fourth if we count Melis as win the other day that the Alphas still have to confirm. Right, so, okay. so but, um, that should be a good, good game the last time. Mm. For my side, I still haven't forgiven Mystic Dan. I'm not going to bring normal Dan into this because I realise it's two different people, yeah. but I haven't forgiven Mystic Dan for his prediction last week, which was uh, Ferrazin to be Independiente. And well, we I have got it all wrong with him. Yeah, yeah, we, oh, I, see. we <laughs> I knew that as well. I knew you would say that. I said this last week. Yeah. If you didn't get any, you blame Sam's interpretation. <laughs> Of your brand, I actually got 10 out of 10 though, so, <laughs> right. so that in a weird order, yeah. not from the fixture list <laughs> that I was reading from. <laughs> well, you, you failed to specify the website which gave the fix just that you were reading from, so. The stars don't have a website. I did the best yeah. I could. Um, no, you're quite right, as, as English Dan said, in case the mic didn't pick it up properly, the stars do not have a website. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree actually, Velis Lanus and, and Arsenal Newells look like very interesting sides Tigre Olimpo is going to be big as well those two sides are in the automatic relegation spots at the moment and it would really help Tigre if they can get the win um, and I, I notice again you've been very sensible in predicting Tigre and San Lorenzo both to, to get the same result yeah. <laughs> and will, will Assad uh, take over at Godoy Cruz now? Or it's looking like it, isn't it? Yeah, we should have mentioned this actually. Neri Pompido uh, was the second manager of the of the weekend after Alfio Basile to leave his position. Um, I wonder why would you mention? We didn't have anything else. To no, try. exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's not as if we had anything to take our minds off off all of that stuff. Uh, he he left Godoy Cruz. It was kind of obvious that was going to happen because he lost the support of the president a good two or three weeks ago, really, didn't he? Um, they had a massive fight after the game against San Lorenzo, mm. didn't they? Yes. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Was it last weekend? And then yeah. this weekend, this, oh, this weekend, weekend this was was that was the, that was the result that led to him resigning. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then he was complaining about the referee and and mm. the board. So said, no, 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 you should <laughs> change things around. But yeah, but um, so yeah, that's that's Cruz. hopefully going to be going to uh, from the neutral point of view anyway. Hopefully, we'll be going back to a manager who plays suicidally attacking football all the time, so that we can see lots of goals from them again. That's why I'm going to be keeping my I fingers see, crossed. I see them pick San Lorenzo, so that will be their second win in a row and third without a defeat after they were a mess. Since Caruso so got badly stayed So, yeah, my question, is, my question is will Caruso save them? I said yes. I said no, that's a question. I said they'd at least get in the promotion. Uh, I'm going to say no. The, the stars yeah, say the San Lorenzo still do. I think they'll probably get a promotion. The, and the they will win the promotion. I guess the, no, I guess against against Kiel, they would probably lose the promotion. Wow. Ideally, they'll go into a promotion against Kiel. Less and lose. That's what I'm going for. Caruso Lombardi Central with Caruso's history and news. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be good fun. What, what, what was it? Caruso Lombardi said when he took over at San Lorenzo. It was something like, if, if we go to the playoff and it's against Kiel, I'll probably shoot myself. Uh, I'm hoping that was a promise, not a. <laughs> 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 we'll get to it after, after the weekend we've just had in Argentine football. Nothing will be surprising. <laughs> It's good to see some jokes in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's probably about all that we can fit in for this weekend. We've we've had a a very long recording session. I doubt I'll be able to cut any of it, but hopefully you all understand, having uh, heard all of the stuff that we've had to talk about. So for now, it's uh, goodbye from Australian Dam. Good night. Goodbye from English Dam. Always a pleasure. Goodbye from Joel. Oh, hasta luego. Gracias. And goodbye from Seba. No, vemos. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's also goodbye from me. Have a nice week and goodbye.